I want to let you know about something that very few people realize we're doing, but we are big on discipleship. And we have a program that we call DEMO. It stands for Discipleship Evangelism Missional Outreach. We are using this all around the world, but we are focusing primarily on three nations in Africa right now. And we literally have hundreds of thousands of people per week that go through this discipleship program. And we aren't just giving people a fish, but we are teaching them to fish. We are training them on how to raise their own crops, how to deal with purified water. It's just a program that's reaching a lot of people. There's a lot more information about it than what I'm able to give you here. Go check it out, our demo ministry. And now, here's Andrew. On today's lesson, I want to discuss with you the true nature of God. This is a follow-up to the previous segment. When I begin to talk about that you can't have a positive relationship with a person if you don't understand their basic nature. And Satan is lied against God and misrepresented him. And sad to say, some of the misrepresentation about God is actually taken from Scripture. Real quickly, let me just make this point so that you can see what I'm trying to say, and then I'll explain this, but... There are instances in the Old Testament where God sent forth an angel and killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. There's another instance where an angel went out and killed 186,000 now those things happened and those things are in the Bible. And because of this, people see this and they think that, man, God is an angry God. God is a harsh God. And there's many scriptures that talks about how God hates the uh, evil that's in this world and all of these kind of things. And because of this, it has given an impression that God is a mean, angry God. And people are afraid of God. There's many people today who know that God exists, but they just believe that God is so holy. They are so unholy. 
And God is so severe that they're just afraid to get close to him. They're going the other direction, trying to basically just say, God, I'll go my way and you go yours and I hope I don't offend you. In the process. But there's a lot of people that are afraid about getting close to God. That's a total misunderstanding about the true nature of God. And I just want to share some real simple things with you that hopefully will help turn your opinion about what God is really like around. In Romans 5.13, this verse says, Until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Now there is a tremendous amount in this passage of Scripture. Basically, it's saying until the law, that's about 2,000 years. After the time that Adam and Eve sinned, during the time that Moses came along and got the Ten Commandments, until that time, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. This word impute literally is an accounting term. It means to put on the books, like if you were to go into a grocery store and say, oh, put that on my account. Well, then the person would write down what you got, and at some designated time, the end of the month or whenever, you would settle up your account and pay the bill. And this is what that's talking about. The word impute means to record against you. To Put on the books to show that you owe something. And this is saying that until the time that the law came, sin was in the world. People sinned before the days of Moses. But before the days of Moses, sin was not imputed unto them. That means that sin wasn't being held against them. This is a radical statement. Most people believe that in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, that God came down, was very angry at them, and drove them out of the Garden of Eden in absolute anger, and couldn't fellowship with them because God was holy and man was unholy. 
nti yaita kya sura kuddamu kuogeranya kusachibu nabo kubanga katonda mutukuvu nyo ato mtu yali amazo kuono na katacha ali mutukuvu but let me read this to you in genesis chapter 3 this is what actually happened katika ngusomere chino mulebelebele sura yo kusatu kumanga chino chechali wo it says in verse 22, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Agama mbunye urabili mwebili, mukama katonda na yogeranti, lava omuntu afusengo mukufi, okumanyango burunji nobubi. Kakano aleme okugolola omukono gwe okunaga kumuti ogw'obulamu okulya okuwangaalanga emirembe n'emirembe mukama katonda kiyava mujja mu rusuku Edeni alimenge taka muyajjibwa In verse 23 it says therefore the Lord God sent him forth mukama katonda kiyava amujja mu rusuku Edeni when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you've got to check and see what it's there for. It's basing it on the previous statement. The reason God sent Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden wasn't because he couldn't tolerate them anymore. He was ticked off. He wanted them out of his presence. But rather, it was so that they wouldn't take of the tree of life. And eat and live forever. Now think about this. The Lord, there are scriptures in Colossians chapter 1 that says Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before man ever sinned, the Lord foresaw this potential for sin. And he already had a plan. Of how to redeem mankind and bring them back. And they would be born again. And someday receive a glorified body that wouldn't be subject to, to uh, temptation, wouldn't be subject to sickness and disease, tiredness and all of these limitations that we have in this physical body. The Lord already had a better plan. And when he saw that Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't want them to take of this tree of life and eat that fruit and live forever. Could you imagine what it would be like to live forever in a fallen state? To 
to live forever with pain in your body. Deformity. A person who was born blind. And yet they would have to live forever blind. Because there was no such thing as a death and a resurrection in a glorified body. Imagine a person living forever deaf. Or dumb, unable to speak. Imagine a retarded person who is never able to cope. Imagine a person who lost a limb and they would never be able to once again be fully restored. The Lord had a better plan. It was actually an act of love when God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden. And you can see that in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis. Because he was still walking and talking with Adam and Eve. Cain and Abel, Lamech in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis. There was no difference as far as God's love for them. Now see again, most people think that the moment Adam and Eve sinned, God was ticked off. Separated them from his fellowship and that basically this is where the human race is God is standing on the balcony of heaven with a lightning bolt in one hand looking for you to get out of line and boom he's going to and cause cancer he's going to cause a car wreck God's going to get you if you don't straighten up but no, until the law came, God was dealing in mercy with people. You find Abraham, a man who was mightily used by God in the Old Testament. And yet, according to Leviticus chapter 18, Abraham married a half-sister, a step-sister. And according to Leviticus 18, that was an abomination to God. And if you did that, you had to be put to death. When do you think God decided that was an abomination? The Bible says he's the same. He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It was always wrong in the eyes of God, but until the law, God 
He was dealing with mankind in mercy. So instead of this man Abraham being killed for his sexual abomination, God blessed him and called him the friend and put a blessing on him. That we are still benefiting from today. Abraham's grandson. Jacob came along and married two women. And they were sisters. And while the other one was still alive, which was against the instructions of Leviticus chapter 18. You had to stone that person to death. But instead of that man being stoned to death, he wrestled with an angel of God and prevailed and God blessed him. And changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And he became the father of the children of Israel. A mighty man of God. God extended mercy towards people prior to the law. But when the law came, the very first person that transgressed the law, he went out and picked up sticks to make a little fire so he could fix some food. But it happened to be the Sabbath day. He broke the laws about no work on the Sabbath. And God spoke in an audible voice and said, Put this man to death. And this man was shown no mercy. And literally killed by God for picking up sticks to build a fire. Can you see a difference between that? The very first person that transgressed after Adam and Eve sinned was Cain, and he went out and killed his brother. And God came down. He did not approve of his sin, but But Cain was so fearful, he says, God, every person who hears about this is going to seek to kill me. What did God do to the first murderer on the face of the earth? He didn't approve of his sin, but he set a mark in his forehead, and he says, if anybody touches Cain, I'll avenge his death seventy and sevenfold. Or sevenfold, excuse me, is what he said. And so God protected the first murderer. 
Katunda muna ingno watu atena kubo mutemu ya soka. In contrast, he killed the first person that broke the Sabbath. Nenga atibu olaba chiku ontaga nadala na chinu katunda chikule chukuto msajja e yasenya obu kukuru za siku nakura sabiti. Just by picking up sticks, can you tell that there was a difference? Here's a way that I liken this. A little child has to be restrained from sin. And yet when they're one year old, you can't, re- you can't reason with the child and tell them, now don't steal this toy from your brother or sister because that's going to be uh, called selfishness and you Satan uses that it will cause you to become a person that nobody will like you You'll never be able to keep a job. Your marriage will never work if you're a self-centered person. See, a one-year-old can't understand that. But a one-year-old can understand. You take that toy again, I'm going to give you a spanking. And even though they may not know that there is a God or devil, heaven or hell, when the devil comes to them and says, be selfish, go take that toy, they'll resist and say no. Fear of punishment can help a person turn away from sin. And that's what God did. Mankind was taking God's lack of punishment upon sin as approval. And therefore, they were actually, uh, sin was growing at such a rate that if God hadn't have put a restraint upon sin, there wouldn't have been a virgin left for the Messiah to be born through. So he gave the law and it through fear of punishment restrained sin, but it also caused many problems because fear has torment. Another function that it did, it not only restrained sin, but it also showed us what the proper standard. Of sin was, because man had been sinning for so long. They were comparing themselves among themselves and they had lost their true perspective on what was sin. So God gave the law to accomplish those two things. 
Katika tona natu wa mateka kutu ukilize mitu yu bibiri. But God did not give the law mateka to tell you what you had to do to be right with God. But rather he gave the law to show you how far from being right with God you were. Wabula yakuwa mateka ukukula gangabu wali wagwe wale nyo kufane katonda. So that you would throw yourself upon him. Katigweno chidi okechi kusaboze se okwe wayo jari. And ask for mercy. Erosabe ukusasirwa. A lack of understanding these things, see, has caused people to misrepresent God. Misinterpret God's actions. And the good news is that the law and the prophets were only until John, is what it says in John chapter 1. Since that time, Jesus now has come and he is revealing God to us. Apart from the deeds of the law. In Romans chapter 3, it says the righteousness of God is revealed through Jesus apart from the law. And that you do not have to work and observe all of the tenets of the law to become righteous with God. There is a law that you earn. There is a righteousness that you earn by keeping the law. And that's good in your relationships with people. And it's necessary for obeying the law to stay out of jail. To not go to jail, not be punished and fine. But that cannot give you relationship with God. When it comes to God, there is only faith righteousness. That counts. And that's a righteousness that comes. It is a gift. Directly from God. And you have to receive this gift of righteousness. From him. I hope that this helps you to understand a little bit about God and about why he was harsh at one time. And that's not because it was his true nature. It was because he had to restrain sin. Until the seed should come. The Lord Jesus Christ and redeem us from that sin. Ye mukama wafe Yesu Kristo, aliokatu lokole, okuva mchivye cho.